to the Monica Matthews show. <laughs> it's Monday. It is so Monday. It is so Monday. It has been a really interesting Monday. How are you? Welcome back to Life, Love, and Liberty, the 18th day of July. Oh my gosh, we are blasting through summer. And it is heated on every possible level of existence, it seems. Uh, especially politically. So I like to talk about fun things. I like to talk about things that are going to connect you to yourself, to God, to others, to your spouses. Seems so many people are connected to so many other things. Oh my gosh, the bandwidth that it takes to be nuts on social media every day is, I think you would be amazed if you could like hook your brain up to something and it could measure the amount of energy that you expend every single time you look at a tweet or a post. My brain literally feels inflamed some days when I'm on Twitter and I just look at the ass hattery and think to myself, okay, all right, I got to get off this thing because it's just not, it's not healthy. It's not good for my soul. And I can't imagine what this is doing for some of you who are married. Oh my gosh. And for your poor kids, I just saw this trashy video, which I don't, normally retweet like brawls and grown women and people fighting. And sadly, most of those things that are shared on social media uh, highlight black on black physical violence. So today I thought I'd spread the love a little and uh, be a little equitable in my approach to sharing crazy demonic behavior in the way of rage and incorporating your children into the battle. So there was this there was this battle that apparently took place at a Walmart, allegedly. Uh, and you all know how I feel about Walmart. But um, yes, the least patriotic retailer in the nation, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Talk about a mind job on the American people. Wow. Like, go America! We're going to Walmart! Get all of our discounted items! And meantime, we're going to like put all the mom and pops out of business. So American, very American. So in this brawl, this woman gets up out of a scooter because, you know, she's so handicapped that she gets up out of the scooter and they just go to blows. And there's a child in this video, a little boy, and these are white women and he's a little white boy. And they are, I mean, it's bad. In the meantime, the only reason why we're able to see what's happening is because this wonderful production was brought to us by, you know, a testosterone-less male. Men were in the background filming this, laughing and 
trying to get the kid out of the scene and when and then let the kid go for broke and it was just gross it was awful so tensions are high people i don't know what's in the water Stu peters reported on that actually if you missed that show you should go find it um but there's a lot of anger in the air and people are like monica is there like are the stars misaligned you know i'm like i'm not elon i have no idea uh but uh and I'm not Dan Warwick, obviously. So I can't tell you what the stars are doing. And I don't really look to the stars to tell me a whole bunch of anything other than I do believe, you know, there's truth to tides and uh, in, in things that in the moon, things that do affect, it can affect us, right? And having that knowledge and without being spooked out about it, um, I still know that we have two natures from which we can live at any given point in time. One is going to be our higher nature in the mind of Christ. The other is going to be our bestial nature or that sensual nature. Mm, What a great segue. (laughs) I have been all day. If you're not catching my morning wake-up calls, I told you what I was, gave you a little teaser see what I did there. You're about to see what I did there. Give you a little teaser about what was to come today because it's very important that people stay connected. Some people have very interesting ways of staying connected. Some of you could stand to actually explore, uh, you know, other ways to stay connected. I'm, I'm going to say this as a, as a, as a disclaimer to what I'm about to show you. I binged on this this weekend. Um, there were some segments I just scrolled through because it's not um, my cup of tea. I, I wasn't really, um, yeah, it, it's just some things to me um, offend my spirit. They grieve the Holy Spirit within me. And when I see that, I just, I just fast forward. Right, like it doesn't make me afraid. It doesn't make me hateful. None of that stupid stuff. Um, it makes me sober minded in knowing what offends the Holy Spirit within me, and how I feel when I see or hear certain things. Which is why I usually do not share such things as violent videos, um, unless I'm making a point about something. But some accounts out there, that's all they show. That's what they make. I think they're paid for every one of those tweets. To be quite honest with you, so watch out for those accounts. But um, it's just, there's no reason to get people further into a boiling point, feeling crappy all the time. And it grieves the Holy Spirit when we are rage-filled, when we are um, perverted, when we are unnatural um, in our affections. I didn't write it, but I believe it. And it's not like heterosexual people don't struggle with, uh, you know, unnatural affections or, you know, temptations or curiosity, you know. I mean, give me a break. But I know what offends my spirit. And as soon as I feel it, I'm like, fast forward. So, but but there were some amazing scenes in what I'm about to show you. <laughs> um, there were some ma- amazing storylines in in really um oh my gosh if you are at all into anthropology uh the, you know sociology this is your this is your bag like this is your jam um because there's so much of a story told here about couples 
about partners, about um, husbands and wives, um, they're about the human connection and how that love um, and exploration and trust more than anything, how trust is explored and developed and cultivated between two people in the exploration of their bodies and their sexuality. And when I, I talked with a couple of my friends about this this weekend, and, you know, I got everything from, oh, my gosh, that is so gross, to, oh, the world is hypersexualized as it is. And I'm like, well, it's interesting, though, and you're about to see this in this trailer, that it is true. The minute you say the word sex, like, I will have a million downloads. I'm kidding. Close. No. Uh, one day. But I will have a bump in my downloads or people just curious about what I'm talking about because it's sex. And I think it's because people are sex starved. They appear to be sex crazed, but it's really because they are intimate see and love and connection starved. So we settle for really sensual lower not sensual in the taste and smell and sights and sounds, which, yes, it, if you rely upon those senses as opposed to discernment, you will be carried away by your feelings, by anger and wrath, by uh, illicit you know, sex, um, unsafe choices, unwise choices, unhealthy choices. Um, you know, losing total control of yourself, giving yourself over to people who are just ratchet and wicked and uh, manipulative and controlling um, in people who are really good at pleasing you physically and leave your soul completely empty. And many of you women and men understand what I'm saying. Others who I shared this with were like, oh, that's cool. You know, or we already do that, you know, uh, you know, and again, I think what happens in people's bedrooms should by and large stay in their respective bedrooms. Let me just say that right up front as someone who studies people as a student of human behavior, um, for the sake and purpose of ministry, right? Um, I marvel at just kind of like the people in people's um, hearts and their souls and their minds. The bedroom is kind of, you know, I I don't really need to see what goes on in your bedroom. Uh, But the conversations that took place uh, in this were truly astounding. So, uh, okay, here we uh, go. Nice to meet you, too. May I come in? Yeah, come on in. Come on in. Thank you. Oh, wow. (laughs) This is beautiful. Thank you. Welcome. So I understand you want a sex room. My name is Melanie Rose. For over 15 years, I've been designing high-end homes. So when a client asked me if I'd ever designed a sex room, I thought, why not? Why wouldn't I go and design a sex room? hear the word sex rooms they concentrate on the word sex and that connotates dirty disgusting <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> but when i design them they can be beautiful 
No video games in here? No, we're not playing video games in here. Oh. You're going to play with your wife instead. <laughs> <laughs> and they are places where couples can explore their deepest fantasies. I would have never thought that being tied in rope yeah. would make me feel sexy. Ma oh, that's brilliant. It's curiosity that is being unlocked. I have a great general contractor. His name is Mike. I didn't break nothing. It was the little guy. Oh, no, I always like to make his life a little bit difficult. Can you lie in the bed, please? Hey, hey, hey. Looks so great. Come on, <laughs> off you go. You were our angel for our marriage. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. They say you never know what goes on behind closed doors. Ooh, but I do. Oh, my God. This is like Christmas. How to build a sex room. Okay. I'm going to encourage you all to check it out and check it out together. Nothing wrong with that. I think that is actually uh, a very healthy choice. <laughs> um you would be surprised how many people um, are just roommates. Yep. And, in, you know, and we wonder why birth rates are what they are, right? So people are like so out of sorts about, well, this ethnicity and this culture is just speeding past us. I'm like, yeah, well, that's because they're doing the deal. People are always amazed whenever they, you know, they forget that Paul said to come together as often as possible to keep the enemy out of your bedroom, right? Unless for the sake of fasting. Um, you know, y'all should be getting busy on the real Christian tip uh, as often as possible because otherwise that's when all sorts of things start to creep in. Now, you know, in, 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 in true enough, as people age sometimes, not always, um, their sex drives do wane because you've got a hormonal imbalance that's going on. Um, and some people are like, well, you know, that's just part of how it is as we get older. Um, you know, and I'm like, I don't know about all that. Like I've met some 80 year old men who are still like, okay, grandpa, you need to, you need to behave. Right. Uh, or some older ladies even who are just like, they've been on that hormone replacement therapy track. <laughs> for a while and they haven't missed a beat. <laughs> so, um, you know, and for all the grief that hormones get, you know, we were born with them. So, uh, you know, when you're dealing with bioidentical hormones, I'm actually a huge proponent of them. I'm not a physician, so don't listen to me. Uh, but that's just been my personal experience. I think, uh, those can be, you know, some real lifesavers for people. Um, and not to mention, you know, it helps, stave off heart disease in women. I mean, you've got estrogen imbalances. I mean, a lot estrogen is crucial. We are, we're all hyper-focused on testosterone and everyone wants to transition their kids from what they're biologically born with, right? And it's like, that's one reason, that's just one of a hundred that I'm so ardently against that because I understand what it feels like to feel crazy due to, you know, hormones, you know, I mean, it happens to all of us. Most of you probably don't know that men go through something called andropause. Look that up. We could do a whole show on it, actually. Maybe I will. Uh, and get my dear friend, Nurse Carol, in here. We could talk about andropause. Um, very important phase of life for men. 
right? And then men get fat, they get the belly, they get lazy, and maybe their wife is like on HRT, and so she's still jamming. And she's like, what about the sex room? And he's like, what about the Cheetos in the recliner? <laughs> like, sex room? Who has time for that? I can't even get up out of my chair, right? And then you wonder why she's dating the tennis coach. So, you know, there's that. So it's, everyone has needs. Some people are more are are needier than others in the sense of they don't feel okay unless they have that constant physical connection. But again, I, I, I will refer you to apostle Paul from your new Testament Bible. Uh, whenever he admonishes you married folk to get together as often as possible, um, because it is healthy for you to do so. And it, and it keeps you guys, you know, on a good track. Again, this show is really, I, I don't want to do any kind of spoiler alert. I don't want to spoil anything. But but for me, and again, you can fast forward through things that offend you. Like you don't have to be a complete prude about it. I think you'll probably learn a thing, a thing or two. Um, and, you know, people who started out kind of like, yeah, I don't even know why we're doing this. But here we are. Um, you know, white couples, black couples, gay couples, polyamorous couples. I'm totally... Yeah, I'm like, fast forward. That's just not my thing. It kind of weirded me out, especially there was some mention of particular practices of this one person. And that's just, it's offensive to me. I don't find anything sensual about that. Um, I find it completely a reprobate and just perverted. So I'm why would I watch that? So just fast forward. But it's um, it's very telling. And so were the responses that I got from over 500 people who took my poll uh, to, 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 to tell me whether or not they would be down for a sex room. <laughs> Undoubtedly, most of you are conservatives because that's who the majority of my audience is. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting is some of the men were like, who needs a sex room? The whole house should be for sex. And I'm like, yeah, amen. <laughs> I thought those were great answers. I was like, that's awesome. High five. Good answer, fellas. Um, yeah. And then other people like, <gasps> you know, they were just totally offended by that. Because as soon as you hear sex room, the first thing you think of is a dungeon. <laughs> right? <laughs> Many of you just go immediately to the whips and chains. You know? And you're like, or Rihanna. You know? Want you to make me feel. Yeah, that whole thing. Or uh, what was it? Um her whole BDSM season of life, you know, she has a whole song about it. S and M. There you go. Shows you how much I listen. Um, but you know, and, and, and the thing that I find remarkable is that I don't even know how many tens of millions last count was like 66 million books sold of, um, of Christian gray. Yeah. Uh, you know, the 50 shades of cray. And so people are all online. They're like, oh, I would never. I'm like, well, some of you do. So quit trying to pretend like you would never because the numbers of books downloaded and sold tell an entirely different story. And it's not all liberal women who buy that those types of books. Sorry, you guys are not fooling anybody. And the uptick of women who are actually engaging in porn is pretty alarming um, you guys are about to bypass men in some uh, porn categories. And what that tells me 
is like there is a there's a person who's a part of this series um who talks about why she doesn't need sex toys and she's never needed them um and and some of you ladies will be able to relate to that um but she just totally scoffed at the idea of anything being better than herself right and so i think more women are engaging in porn because i think more women are staying single and more women than i've ever encountered are 1000% completely displeased with their sex lives especially uh married women and i don't mean to be like the debbie downer of marital sex because there are some couples who are legitimately still flying high they're doing great <laughs> and they've never missed a beat been married for decades and they love each other they flirt with each other and and i think that's part of it you guys i think you have to if you're going to get married get married with the intention to date your spouse forever be fun be creative you know, I mean, you know when things are waning and, and, you know, pay attention. You don't have to be afraid of each other, for God's sakes. You took a vow to be together. And so when you feel those little triggers popping up about, well, I don't know, they might leave me. They might think I'm a freak. They might, you know, whatever. Well, take a risk. Take a chance. Matter of fact, for you folks who are dating, you might want to start having conversations around this sooner than later if the person, and I know the majority of dating America these days is just hopping in and out of beds. But if you are attempting to uh, to do the other half of Paul's admonishment, which is to present your body as a living sacrifice and not just laying down with people. And, you know, I'm not preaching at you because my halo is not exactly polished, you know, but, but we do come to moments in our lives where we realize that we really have been redeemed in every sense of the word in the least we could do and the best we could give are our entire beings. So running around sharing your bodies with people. I love something Pastor Andy Stanley said a long time ago. Most of you would share your body before you would your debit card with someone you're dating. Now, you know, you just laughed and said, amen or ouch, but it's true. Think about that. The next time you go out with that dude, you just met online who you're about to hop in the sack with or that chick, right? Would you give that person, would you leave that person in your apartment or your house to dog sit for you for the weekend? Probably not. Would you give them your debit card or your credit card and be like, Hey, Hey, so nice to meet you. Here's my Amex. Catch up with you next week. Yeah, no, you wouldn't. So, um, you know, I just thought that was brilliant because I was like, oh, ouch, that's so true. <laughs> um, and then so, and then I get the calls from the broken people who are like, or the men who are like, okay, all of you guys are psycho. You're just psycho. I'm like, okay, stop, 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 stop. All right, you've told me everything that she's been doing and that you told her that you were just going to be friends. You didn't want anything serious. You're totally unavailable. But hold on to that. Stop, stop, stop. Have you slept with her? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So you don't get to pull the psycho card. Because women don't, generally speaking, disengage from their private parts. Uh, truth be told, men can, but there's still, you know, there's a different connection there that men have with sex, for sure, than women. Very vastly so. Um, but you might be surprised to learn 
that men also use sex to comfort women. It is a number one go-to to comfort a woman. And so single ladies, you really have to watch that. Um, yeah, I love that line from um, Under the Tuscan Sun, right? I love that. Where the this handsome Italian man is, who's totally married, uh, is helping the damsel in distress, Miss Smoking Hot, Beautiful Diane Lang. And she's like, um, you know, there's a snake in my house. Now her whole world's falling apart. And he's like, Madame, if you do not stop crying, you're going to force me to make love to you. And I've never been unfaithful to my wife. And I'm like, there it is. It's like, it's not, he loves his wife and he doesn't want to cheat on his wife, but here's this damsel in distress and he's a dude. And so he's going to fly in and save the day. (laughs) And some of you are like rolling your eyes right now. I can actually feel you. Uh, I can see, oh gosh, Monica, really? You're going to give people a pass on that? Like, nope, I'm not, I don't have the passes. I'm just telling you how some men are in a, a large portion of them are wired, which is why it is important for you if you are ministering to young women, if you're ministering to women at all, um, I do, you know, that's why whenever people made fun of Vice President Pence and his wife, and you can say what you want about his sexuality, I don't know anything about all that, but I do know that whenever people made fun of him for honoring his wife uh, by not doing like lunches and stuff with women without her, I was like, and if that's real, okay, I actually defended him and said, well, okay, maybe he does have a weakness in that area. And, and so he's taking a precaution. Like he's not going to the bar when he just tried to quit drinking, you know, last week. So why would you put yourself in that position? Not to mention people really are very vicious and, and manipulative and vindictive these days. And so, um, like more, there's been an uptick and especially since me too, where women feel completely empowered and otherwise vindicated to just be lunatics and falsely accuse people, take things out of context, perception is reality. Uh, You know, well, you made me feel, and so therefore you did. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Really, it's not. But we're getting there. And speaking of people who are getting there, so something I mentioned this morning is how the the CCP have spent the past 100 years uh, trying to force people uh, into their way of thinking, uh, speaking of psychos, and uh, through their communist and authoritarian rule. So now it seems as though they've taken it a step further. Check this out. You guys may not have known this, but Chinese researchers recently developed artificial intelligence technology that can gauge Chinese officials' loyalty to the ruling Communist Party. The technology could be a tool for Beijing's anti-corruption campaigns. Sound familiar? Uh, The Ministry of Truth and NPR. What are you guys doing? I'll tell you about that in a minute. Campaign to monitor further and purge, 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 corrupt party members, indicating the regime's growing fear of losing its legitimacy and power, right? So whenever women want to be legitimized, when they want their feelings, men do this too. When people want their feelings to be legitimized, they will create whatever scenario feels like feels is real. And people are falsely accused day in and day out of things because of how someone felt, how you made them feel, how they perceived something. So men, please do your wives, do your churches, do your, your kids, your world of favor and single women, women in general and ladies too. Right? Position yourselves in such a way that whatever relationship you are prioritizing, 
is protected. You know, and if we're all starting with our relationship with the Lord as top priority, then we would take the necessary precautions to not put ourselves in positions that are compromising or could be perceived as such, right? The word tells us not to even give the perception of of evil. And that's really hard these days because, you know, we all, speaking of, yeah, commingling, you know, people, men and women work together. You know, people love to profess these uh, work husbands and wives. I'm totally against that because you start speaking something long enough, no one should ever be in that space, ever. Because when those relationships go bad, they go bad quick and they go bad hard. <laughs> like they go down in flames. So if they go bad or the suspicion or, you know, yeah, or your wife's like, oh, no, it's fine. She's great. No problem. They would never, Henry would never, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, the people you think would never are usually the ones that are forever doing something crazy. Okay, more than 4.7 million officials in CCP China at all levels were investigated, subjected to various forms of disciplinary punishment or prosecuted in the past 10 years, according to data released by China's top watchdog, the Central Commission for Discipline Inspection. (laughs) I mean, that. listen to that. Let me say that again. The Central Commission for Discipline Inspection. All right, that's kind of like the Ministry of Truth, whatever. Beijing's anti-corruption campaign was initialed in November of 2012 uh, when Chinese Communist Party leader Xi Jinping uh, first came to power. Good on you, Xi. Xi, Xi, my friends, are a mess. Uh, Yeah, so Mr. Xi Jinping is not a very nice guy, according to people who have escaped his tyrannical rule. I call it tyranny. But, you know, I mean, this is something that's been accepted there, like I said, for over 100 years. So this is coming out of the Epoch Times, by the way. And if you haven't subscribed, you should. And no, I'm not an affiliate, but I do. I appreciate their work um, on a number of levels. But why is this important to you? Because one of the ways they're doing this is through artificial intelligence that effectively gauges as you're on social media, as you are on your computer, there are, there are algorithms, there are programs in place that are reading people's responses, their facial expressions, how they feel, biometrics are being measured. I mean, you all think this is like pie in the sky stuff or it's coming 25,000 years from now. No, it's here now and it's been here. And so what does this have to do with you all as Americans? Well, very simply this, your social media outlets are already doing that to you. This is right here in alignment with what I've been saying. And so, and ultimately for the Chinese, it is for total control of their people, not just the Chinese people, but for the communist Chinese party, right? It is to control the people. We know that. And we know that, like I just read, millions of people, over 4 million people have been punished, incarcerated, investigated. I mean, and we think we've got it bad (laughs) with our three-letter agencies. Um, But it's, it's awful what people go through over there. And these things are being measured by virtue of how an artificial intelligence program perceives you, your blood pressure, your heart rate your blood flow, your eye dilation, the tone of your voice, the number of breaths you take per minute. 
all of these things are how you engage with certain questions. What kind of ads do you like? What click-throughs are you clicking through? What time are you on Pornhub at night? How many downloads do you have? How many um, deep, dark, secret folders are on your phone? I mean, these are things that we think we are immune to in this country, but we're not. Not at all. And so someone literally is always watching. So, you know, it's like, but for what purpose? And so ultimately it will come down to, you know, your social credit scores moving into that uh, digital currency phase of, of, of our existence, you know, sadly and speaking of, of that currency uh, switch, right? Did you guys know this? And, and since 2022 began over $3 trillion, $3 trillion from 401k plans, um, and retirement accounts have been completely wiped out. Three trillion dollars, and some of you are still like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait it out. I'm gonna write it out." And some of your super, super crappy financial advisors and portfolio managers are like, "Oh no, no, hang in there, hang in there. It's just a paper loss. It'll turn around." No, we are in unchartered, unprecedented times with regard to our economy and currency. We are going to experience a change in currencies. That is something the Biden administration has been working underground, uh, behind the scenes. This, this, this transition is going to occur. Many people thought that that was going to be uh, crypto, but uh, we've entered into like the worst bear market in, in history with regard to that. Um, Okay, 70% of economists now believe that the U.S. is headed for a full-bore recession by 2023. I disagree with that. I think we're going to be headed into a full full board depression at some point during 2023. And I'm not a financial advisor. So I'm someone who simply does this and I read and I pay attention and I discern and I have, I do have experts around me who are like, pay attention, Monica. Um, the NASDAQ has plunged more than 30% in recent months. Nuts. Uh, you've got huh, the personal savings of Americans have hit a 14-year low. The ongoing war in Ukraine sent inflation soaring around the world. Spain has hit a 37-year high, and the U.K. economy is now running on empty. So when people say, what do I do? How long do I hold? Well, I can't tell you that. I'm not a financial advisor, but I am someone, again, like I said, I discern the times and I always encourage you guys to do the same, to use your discernment, which is why I ask you to go to monicamatthews.com backslash gold co and inquire about how you can move a portion of your assets out of your retirement portfolios that there is literally no end in sight to just how diminished and anemic they can become in the coming months and or year. Now, some of you are like, well, I'm going to give it a couple of years to see if it turns around. Okay. If we, and I understand that mentality. However, if, and I'm not a fear, I'm not a fear monger. That's not what this is. This is a reality check that if we are moving into another form of currency um, and the dollar is completely flattened, and your assets are all tied up, all of your assets are tied up in the market, 
and markets, okay? Um, and, and you're hoping that that thing turns around, I, I just want to encourage you to consider that there may not be much left in your retirement account by the time this bull actually lays down in a nice grassy knoll. So that's all I'm going to say about that. MonicaMatthews.com backslash uh, Gold Co. So in talking about control, right, and whether it's in the bedroom, uh, whether it's in a boardroom, whether it's in politics, geopolitics, um, you know, that's why I always tell you guys that sensually speaking, the fallen nature of man is always going to have a bend toward uh, the oppression of, of, of others because that's part of the fallen nature. And I come from the school of if there's anything good in me at all, I assign that to the mercy and the grace of God through Jesus Christ because I know me. And I know the choices that I can make. I just confess to you that my halo hasn't exactly been completely polished. So with that, you know, I, I realize that without the Lord, I can do nothing that is good. And, and my works will enter into that furnace of God's love and completely uh, be ev- evaporated into just not even ashes not even dust, just like gone. So our works amount to nothing. And that's why I've always stood by that God is the author of our constitution because it is, it is steeped and it is birthed, it is cultivated in freedom. And it, yes, it took us a while as a nation to actually get to a place where all men, where we actually lived according to all men being equal, Right, um, and and we've still got some paces to go because again, perception for some people is reality, and whether you're black or white, Latino, whether you're legal, illegal, doesn't matter. Asian, uh, Christian, Muslim, Satanist, hedonist, who knows? Everyone has scales by which they measure other human beings. Now the word tells us not to do that. The word tells us that in God's economy, all of us have been created equal and all of us have been redeemed for his glory in as much as you are willing to accept that redemption. Now, speaking of redemption, I do want to talk about the redemption of time. Okay, so discipline, right? Speaking of being disciplined. And so the word tells us to go and make disciples of all nations. And so what is the root word of disciple? It's discipline. Or what is the root word of discipline is to disciple. So they're interchangeable, right? And so when you're, when you're disciplining your children, you're actually discipling your children. I really appreciate this guy I did, I dated for a minute, literally, um, who was a great guy, but he, and he, he left that with me. I'll never forget it. Um, that he disciplines his children because he disciples his children. And when you're discipling someone, there's love involved, there's mercy, there's grace, there's patience, there's kindness, there's understanding, there's correction. But we live in a day and age where no one can stand correction or instruction. And, and more importantly than all of that, there's instruction, right? There's teaching involved with, with discipleship and discipline. And so a little book that I have that I will resort to uh, 
when things are overwhelming, when I have a lot of plates twirling in the air and spinning in the air and, and I know that I'm about to drop one or I'm just going to get in the bed and pull the covers over my head and not come out for a while. But I love this little book and it's called The One Thing. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may have it. Um, but I love this because there's a chapter in here that reminds me of... <laughs> everything equitable and everything's equal. Okay. As it relates to time, this one chapter says, uh, everything matters equally. Well, that equality is a lie when it comes to time management in God's word, though, we are all created equal, right? But again, unless you're pursuing the mind of Christ in freedom, your propensity will be to either uh, pursue oppression of others, of yourself, uh, you know, you name it. It is part of the fallen nature. And you see that in today's society. I can point to any area of our society, crime, whatever, um, you know, abortion rates, death, murder, anger, wrath, bitterness, covetousness, envy, jealousy, all of it's right there. So, but as it relates to time, my daughter used to tell me, mom, there's no such thing as balance. And I love that. It's called prioritizing. And I hope that sets some of you free right now because many of you are trying to balance all of these plates and all of these obligations and duties and in offices and commitments and things. And you can't, it is impossible. And you feel like a loser and you're exhausted and you are angry and you're bitter and you're quick, you know, with the, you're just quick to anger. Uh, you're not patient. You are tired all the time. You're drinking more. You're eating more, or you're not eating at all. Uh, you're binging on things. You know, it's and and people in your lives are being neglected, right? Well, that happens when you're overwhelmed and you can't do it all. And so that's why I always tell people who are like, "Well, what do I do, Monica? I've got my kids. I've got my family, but then I've got this great opportunity. And you know, I went to school and I worked so hard for this, and I deserve this, and blah blah." And that's usually where I'm like, "Oh, okay, now we're. I know where you are. I deserve this. Okay, so stop right there, and check yourself before you wreck your whole self. Uh, so I deserve this. Okay, so I deserve to be happy. I'm like, well, okay, that's a whole other show." <laughs> And God tells us that is one of the benefits of being his kids is that happiness, your happiness does matter to him. But that comes through discipline. That comes through discipleship. That comes through submission to God's word, which is always going to lead to freedom. It doesn't always lead to fun, but it will always lead to freedom because that's who he is. Right. And so for women, particularly who call me and say, I don't know what to do. I'm a new mom or, you know, I got five kids and, and I've got this opportunity and I'm like, but I'm not sure what God wants me to do. And I'm like, well, here's what I know for sure about God and mothers, fathers, families and order. Your family is your first ministry. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. That is godly order. The expectation is that you will care for you and yours first, because the Bible says that if you don't, you are worse than an infidel. And that is the only place in the New Testament, in Bible actually, that refers to infidel. In that context, there it is. You are worse than an infidel if you do not take care of your own family. And some of you are so busy out here taking care of everybody else and all these other churches and all the little 
you pygmy kids across the globe and you got to plant gardens and flowers and seeds and go visit tribes and all this stuff. In the meantime, your own kids are like, miss you. Your own husband or your own wife is like, wow, I really miss you. Or I don't even know you. And then you wonder why you come home and it's like frigid, right? And you wonder why, as the man setting the temperature and the mood of the family, you wonder why nobody wants to be around you. Why no one cares what you think or how you feel about something. Because you've effectively abandoned your family to other pursuits, to other priorities. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you and your wife shouldn't sit down and prioritize together. Hey, what are our priorities? Work is clearly a priority, but, but there has to be boundaries around even your priorities. Otherwise, they become your idols. Whether that's exercise, it's, you know, it could be health. It could be good things that very easily roll over into to idolatry. So I love this. I'm just going to read this little excerpt for you. It says, oh, this is so good. Lacking a clear formula for making decisions, we get reactive and fall back on familiar, comfortable ways to decide what to do. As a result, we haphazardly select approaches that undermine our success. When everything feels urgent and important, everything seems equal. And not everything is equal in the sense of time. So I want to encourage you to take a look at this book. Uh, again, not an affiliate, but I, uh, I have enjoyed this. It has really, I, I'll pull it out on occasion when I've read through the whole thing, but um, you know, I need that, that refresher course, that reminder. And it just has beautiful little nuggets of wisdom, right? And so, I mean, the Bible for me is clearly, you know, my source for all wisdom uh, and freedom, but there's nothing wrong with um with little guideposts and instruction uh instruction nuggets along the way and i think that god is still speaking to people uh because we are his creation and he's not dead and neither are we and um you know as the lord speaks and leads to freedom there are different approaches to handle things but generally speaking you know as it relates to human nature nothing about us has really changed Oh, I don't care how many AI programs you create, um, but as far as the fallen nature of man, um, some people are like, well, I'm a good person. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I can be a good person too. That's not, and <laughs> so, you know, but you still have a suck fallen nature, nature because the rest of us do too. It's just part of being a fallen man, which is what leads us to really realizing and having a revelation that we do need a savior from death, hell, destruction, from ourselves, from pursuing things that appear to be giving us life when in fact they aren't, they are leading us down roads of destruction. And the word warns us about that. So, Speaking of prioritizing, something I have not prioritized this summer and I need to is a beach vacation. And I hope uh, that you guys are taking time to do that with your little ones. Creating experiences matter so much. Oh my goodness. 
These are things that your kids, you know, they build trust with you, experiences, things they never forget. Even if they part from, from, from the ideals that you've instilled in them, they will always remember. Those will be things that they will always take with them. They are programmed into their cells. Great times of laughter and beach games and making castles in the sand and, you know, things that Jesse Kelly was complaining about today on Twitter that he's apparently held hostage at the beach with his family and he hates the beach. But I wonder if Jesse uh, thought to buy beach towels from MyPillow.com. Love the beach towels. And uh, and you can get your own beach towels using my code, uh, Monica. And you can also get up to 66% off all kinds of goodies at MyPillow.com. But M-O-N-I-C-A. And prioritize, you know, some downtime with your family. Maybe for you single folks, you know, prioritizing just yourself. Just maybe some of you have never packed up and done anything by yourselves. I cannot tell you how healthy that is. It is extremely um it's a great confidence builder in the sense of I say self-confidence and I'm careful about saying that, but in terms of, you know, building your courage and courage, you know, having your confidence in the Lord is one thing. Having courage is on you. Having courage to, to like King David had courage. That's on you. Having confidence in God, as the word tells us, you know, be careful not to put our confidence, not to give up our confidence in the gospel, right? In our hope of, you know, of, of eternal life and the gift that awaits us in eternal life, not to give that confidence up or away, but as it relates to, um, you know, courage, courage comes one building block at a time. Courage comes from doing and you have to do it right? And you do it one scared moment at a time. People always tell me I'm the most courageous person. I'm like, I may appear that way. And I, and it has actually built my courage. Many things have throughout my life, things I've faced, stared down demons, devils, giants, unbelievable things in my life that I've had to overcome. Uh, really cool moments too, you know, I've shared this before on my show, but when I filled in for Herman Cain and that, and I began that process of filling in for him regularly, I was scared to death, literally scared myself into a migraine for over a week. I wanted to vomit every day. I didn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I was so scared, but I was so grateful for the opportunity and there was no way I was going to turn it down or, you know, but I thought of every excuse known to mankind, you know, a spaceship landed in my backyard, you know, my dog just became a cat, uh, you know, my daughter, uh, who knows, my mother has been found streaking around the neighborhood, you know, you name it. I, I was the, I have bad menstrual cramps. I mean, everything you could think of ran through my head of, well, can we postpone it? I'm not ready. It's kind of like whenever your flight instructor tells you, all right, today's the day you're in a solo. And actually they don't tell you when you're going to solo because then it gets in your head because most students don't realize whenever they're actually ready, but the instructor does. The person who's been encouraging and instilling the discipline, who's been discipling that student, that instructor knows when you're ready, right? And so you get out of your head and then he, you get a landing, he gets out and he's like, see ya, today's the day. 
And that thing's already up and running. So ain't nobody trying to shut the whole thing down and, you know, taxi and get all, yeah, I have to go all through your run up and all. Nope. <laughs> you're, you're just, you're rolling. <laughs> it's like a Hollywood stop. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You actually do have to do all those other things, but you're not turning the engine off and you're going to keep, you're just going to, you're going to continue to fly because you're already in that mindset to be able to fly. Your confidence, your courage is in the fact that you've been doing it. And, and what really builds your courage and your confidence is whenever you know that um, your instructor your teacher, the person who, your elder, uh, you know, your professor, or the person that you've been trusting to instruct you or to disciple you thinks you're ready. We miss that so much in this culture. I've really taken up, you know, studying some things about the Japanese culture, which I find um, very attractive and healthy and, um, and very well-rounded. And it is congruent with my Christian faith. Uh, there are some things that are not, uh, but many things are. And so I, I find the harmony in some of the practices of the Japanese, which I find just exquisitely beautiful. Um, and so not meant to replace the peace that Christ offers me alone, um, but there are practices, disciplines, if you will, that I find very soothing to, to the soul, to your mind and to your body, right? To your emotions. And so, um, I've really enjoyed, you know, recently, uh, starting to learn more about that, but, you know, with that, that is a culture, especially the samurai culture, right? I mean, think about that. Think about, think about anyone who is trained to mastery, there's a trainer and there's the trainee. <laughs> and so in many ways, um, our colleges have become, you know, subjects, really Petri dishes with, you know, your kids are the, are the, are the, are the subjects. They, they are the control. They, and the controlled. Um, and, and so it's, um, it, they're guinea pigs. It's awful. And so they're not, there's not an elder relationship there. There's the indoctrinator and the indoctrinee, indoctrinated, whatever. So we miss that in the American culture. I think that's something that the military, by and large, has afforded um, many young men and women. And, and for me personally, that's what I think I grieve the most, is the relationship between the discipled and the disciple. Because there's a real beautiful maturation process through that. And I think our society is missing that by and large. So, uh, you know, as it relates to discipline, um, you know, some people are into that whole sex room disciplining each other stuff, which I'm not going to judge you. I'm just saying, I was like, yeah, so, (laughs) so there's that. And I think some people do bring a lot of life baggage with them into their bedrooms too. Excuse me, but I also feel um, like some people are just curious. Like the girl said in the trailer, like now she's super curious. But I'm going to tell you guys, you got to be very careful with curiosity because it did kill the cat. And, uh, and it can absolutely kill your marriage, which is why I think it's important for you to be courageous and uh, really press into um, the God of order 
the God of love and surrender and, um, and decency and protection and also the God of passion. Some of you guys need to go read the Song of Solomon together. That would be a great bedtime read for some of you. It's a great, I mean, God is passionate, man. God is, God is awesome. And so, and we are too as his beloved creation, right? So as it pertains to discipline and honor and all of that, I want to encourage you to have an honorable evening and do the honorable thing and come back and join me tomorrow right here on Life, Love, and Liberty with Monica Matthews. I'm all over the place. You can download my podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all that good stuff. And also sign up for my newsletters at MonicaMatthews.com. Remember, MonicaMatthews.com backslash Gold Co. Protect yourself. Secure your assets today. Be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. 